following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 and you're listening to Kathleen Roachnagy. We're with you for the next hour, alhamdulillah, live in the studio this evening. And it's got, I've got great pleasure to have uh, two brothers in front of me here. And we're going to be talking about madrasas and uh, educating your children in madrasas and the outcomes of that. And that's very much linked into what we do, of course, in parenting. Uh, working with parents to try and have a better outcome for families in general. So we we teach, as you know, parenting skills and approachable parenting to parents so that they have the proper techniques and the tools that they can use and be able to have good, responsive children that listen to them, that obey what they want, that uh, fulfill their own dreams and are happy, and happy families as well. And this is, doesn't come by chance. You know, I, I have two brothers here in front of me, and they're, they're smiling away because I'm sure uh, growing up in their own families, you, you remember times when things weren't so good yeah. and that parents had to kind of correct you and things like that. And as parents, we're all human. Sometimes we shout. Sometimes we, even other parents, do things that they shouldn't be doing, maybe even smack. Mm -hmm. But we in Approachable Parenting are teaching parents how not to do these things, how not to smack, how not to raise their voice. And it's skills that can be learned. And we have a campaign called our 80-20 campaign. So I'll just mention it briefly before I introduce our, our guests. Our 80-20 campaign is to reduce smacking by 2020 by 80%. And we're on route to that already because we measure this with evidence-based questionnaires and one of our question measures this specifically pre and post our, our programs. And we know when parents learn the techniques and the tools of how to deal with their children and respond to their children in a positive way, they actually stop smacking. And then what happens? In the children's centre, the, ch the people that are looking after their children come back and tell the parents, you know, your child has stopped smacking other children in the centre as well. So it's a, a, cer a vicious circle that can be stopped and yeah. we like to help in, the, in that circle. So today... In front of me, talking about madrasas and their experiences in madrasas, we have Brother Khalil. So welcome, Brother Khalil. Assalamu alaikum. Jazakallah khan for coming to us. I'll come back to you in a minute and you can introduce yourself properly. And Brother Abrar, Jazakallah khan. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know we kind of grabbed you last minute. Very last minute. Very last minute. We'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself in a second also to our listeners. If you want to ring in listeners, our number is as usual, 0121. Double seven two double eight nine two, or you can email in at studio at unityfm.net and the same email is used by our Luton listeners so thank you for listening in and tuning in down Luton also please use the same numbers either double seven two double eight nine two, or the email address studio at unityfm.net if you want to contact us by email so if I first go to Brother Akhil Welcome, uh, Brother Akhil. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background and uh, why I've invited you really on the show today as, as a, an expert, I think, in this field because you have a lot to, um, to give to this topic. Jazakallah khair. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Usratu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Lameena Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. First of all, Jazakallah khair for having me on the show. It's always nice to be on... Unity FM, a show that I hear all the time when I'm when I'm driving. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I was um, uh, involved in uh, madrasas for a number of years. I was a teacher at the um, Green Hill Masjid Madrasa, 
um, and also I was temporarily the uh, the head teacher there as well. Um, so I mean, I have more experience with regards to teaching the children, yeah, and uh, sort of you know what kind of used to work and what never used to work with regards to teaching methods and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and my background is. Uh, in uh, Islamic studies, I actually studied in Medina University for about seven years. Medina. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, yeah, so that's that's where, where I'm coming from. And I was a teacher for you know an, uh, about six eight, six to eight months. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got an idea of um, you know the kind of methods and procedures that were you know also um, uh, in the madrasa at the time. But mostly it was mainly teaching the children and kind of what worked and what never worked with regards to kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did your children that you were teaching enjoy what they were learning? Yeah, I mean, it was all down to how, you know, you teach them, to mm-hmm. be honest, and the method of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the problems is they go to uh, regular schools during the day mm-hmm. and they're so, they're so stimulated by what, what they're learning mm-hmm. in schools, in their in their primary schools, infant schools, secondary schools. Mm-hmm. And the way they teach them there is so different to the way they teach them and to the way we or generally some madrasas teach in the in madrasas in the evening mm-hmm. that they kind of get you know get bored and they you know they're not as stimulated in the madrasas because it's such a big gap between how we teach the children mm-hmm. you know in, in 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 schools during the day there's different teaching methods and techniques that they use mm-hmm. to stimulate the kids and we don't have that really in in madrasas and so because of that they kind of like they don't want to go to madrasas mm. you know that's that's what we see so that's a big shame that they don't want to go to, to madrasas. Before I come back to you, I'm going to introduce our other guest, uh, Brother Abrar. Uh, well, my introduction is, uh, is 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 going to be very very short compared <laughs> to uh, my, uh, um, uh, my my friend here. Um, uh, my background is that uh, I'm a I'm a teacher. Uh, I've taught uh, lectured at university at college uh, level. Uh, along with uh, secondary and a lot of my sort of dealings these days uh, is with is at the primary level mm-hmm. so that primary schools um, particularly in uh, key stage two so we're talking upper phase from uh, years sort of three to uh, yes year six so right. we're talking four four to no sorry no, what am I talking about so about five six to sort of eleven years old mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And um, similar to you, uh, I get a lot of children coming in. It's 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 quite intensive for the children that I've um, come into contact with, in the sense that they're expected to go to school in the mornings, which most of us used to do for you know for the entire mm-hmm. day, for the entire academic day, as mm-hmm. it were. So we're talking nine till three thirty, and mm-hmm. then with a lot of um, Asian Muslim children, they're then expected to go to uh, you know additional studies um, faith orientated so mm-hmm. we're talking about madrasas and things like that and it can be quite um, intense mm-hmm. for these children from what I've found and you know like you've just said the two um, pedagogical styles are so different uh, it's 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 like chalk and cheese isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean a lot of it uh, at I know at the um, your, your, your classical, you know, in inverted commas, uh, madrasa style is 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 very rote sort of learning. So it's it's a lot of it's repetition. Um, the the you know certainly when I was uh, when I used to go to madrasa, the the maybe the the breadth was there, but the depth possibly wasn't. So you would you would learn a, a hell of a lot, but maybe not know 
quite why mm-hmm. you were learning it, mm-hmm. if that sort of makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was like Islamic studies, there, there might have been Urdu classes, there mm-hmm. might have been something on fiqh, there might have been something mm-hmm. on the hadith, and, and all the rest of it. But it, it wasn't, you know, perhaps put into Pro- context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, th- and that um, sort of understanding given to you as in, this is why you are learning it and why it might be useful. Whereas on the other hand, what they're learning at school, it's away from that. It's a lot of it seems to be more abstract, you know, color in this, do that. Mm. Here's, you know, resources, real life examples. And I think the children seem to, at least from what I've seen, uh, the limited limited amount that I've seen, because I've only been teaching for maybe, you know, five, six years, they seem to um, like it, maybe enjoy it even mm. uh, a lot more at primary than at um than at madras- madrasas, which is a huge shame, I think, mm-hmm. because you know it should be it should be a bit of both. Yeah, know, I think it's like the practical. They don't know practically what they're supposed to do with what they're learning as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it as well. There's no practicals of putting it into practice. Exactly. What, what yeah, it's a lot of theory. Yeah, there's a lot of theory, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of. And once you get past the, once you get past the prayer, uh, for example, you know th- this is how you pray. This is what you do mm-hmm. when you do it. All that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, once you get past that, it, a lot of it's sort of, you know, you might learn a bit about Sakat, you might learn a bit about Som, but uh, when you have a child who's maybe five, six years old, well, what's, you know, he, mm. he, how does he or she then use, like you said, use that in the real world? Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And the penny might drop five, six, seven yeah. years down the line, yeah. but then you've almost come to this juncture where uh, a lot of students have been completely sort of put off by it mm. and won't even implement what they've practiced beforehand do you see what I mean you've kind of lost mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. which is a which is a crying shame, I shame. so how could we now knowing that you've both been through the madrasa systems and you've both been through kind of a traditional systems you, yeah. you mentioned which is a little bit different to what my children were through the Arabic systems and they did um, GCSE Arabic and religious study Islamic studies that way um, so it was a little bit different and what, the one thing that my children I never had a problem with him actually going it was a Saturday and why I never had a problem because after they finished there was football for the boys mm. and they just loved meeting that group of friends that they only saw one day a week their friends that they were not minority in the class with they were all majority Muslims together and going off and having a football match for the boys together and the girls just going off swimming or something like this or do something else together and they just love going to this and alhamdulillah I never had that problem of kind of forcing them to go whereas you were saying some of the families having to kind of actually force them to go is there an opportunity now for us to kind of rethink the system of how we run madrasas here in the UK what do you think about that? I mean, I think there's a number of factors you have to take into consideration. Um, first of all is obviously like uh, Brother Bra was saying with regards to uh, why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that comes down to a lot with regards to their core basic creed and their core beliefs, Islamic beliefs. Mm-hmm. So with regards to, you know, why the reason why they're doing the things they're doing is really going back to the purpose of their creation. And why are we on this earth in the first place? So if you're taught, for example, that you're supposed to pray and this is how you pray and this is how you perform wudu and this mm-hmm. is how you do this, this is how you do that. If you tell them why we're here in the first place, why is our purpose in life? Why is our, what, what are our goals? 
you know, what's the purpose of our existence that we're supposed to worship Allah as Allah says, وَمَا خَلْقُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَى لِلْعَبُدُونَ That I have created you, no man can except to worship me. So when they know this basic fundamental principle of why they're here in the first place, obviously you teach them at their own level. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't make it so complicated for them. You tell them about Allah and, you know, the creation of Allah and things mm-hmm. like this. I think once they know this, it gives them a bit more purpose and, you know, a bit more motivation to do the things that they've, they've learnt you know mm-hmm. and also it comes down to uh, again ha- how they're taught and how you teach them you mm-hmm. know and uh, it's, it's down to having a lot of patience and also the thing you mentioned about incentives you know mm-hmm. giving them incentives having things that you know are a means of rewarding them after they've learned certain things or they've accomplished certain goals or done certain you know lessons or work that they were supposed to do mm-hmm. to give them how, yes how can we make it a fun activity because you were mentioning there about um they they can't implement it and they, they in school they're learning the theory then they're probably practicing it and they're they're having fun and then they're making models or they're putting it in a drawing so they're putting what they've practiced in theory into a drawing or something that they can implement in some way how can we put the islamic knowledge because islam is is not a just a Quran that should be, you know, on the shelf or we, we pray five times a day. It should be a way of life, a way of practice. Mm-hmm. How can we make it more enjoyable for our children to practice, to have some fun around what they've learned, to really embed that? I think one of the, one of the issues are that um, <clears throat> the madrasas, at least uh, the experiences I've had, uh, they've been very much based on... Um, you know, I'm no historian, but I'm assuming that it's a sort of South Asian mod- model mm. where, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the emphasis uh, seems to be on the sanctions. Uh, I'm not going to use the word punishment, but it, it seems to be sanction-based. So, for example, if you do not do this, then, um, you know, this might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the, the 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 model that children uh, sort of seem to experience during the day at school seems to be the other way around where you know we you talked a bit about incentives mm-hmm. rewards this and that there's and like i said it's more abstract it seems to be more accessible because it's made to be more fun and you know i've uh you know got a, a child who goes to uh, a sort of madrasa madrasa type setup not, not classical in its sense mm. but th- and they seem to be changing a lot more I mean I'll, I'll give a shout out to the people who run uh, Hubble Quran up in uh, Hall Green who uh, do a fantastic job and it seems to be a, a good mix of the sort of uh, resources that a, a teacher would use at primary school as well as that sort of the, 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 the core being the Islamic teachings mm-hmm. so you've got that thread that islamic thread running through but on the on the, on the outside of it you've got the the way to access it is you know you might be coloring in um a a, a page with 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 the with, with possibly the name of allah on it mm-hmm. or there might be uh, a story about the various prophets but you know you can maybe draw a scene out of it obviously without depicting mm-hmm. uh, the, the prophets themselves so it just gives that and, you know another mm-hmm. way just mm-hmm. to access it for uh, mm-hmm. especially the younger children who exactly. might not understand yeah. um you know like you were saying earlier the the the, the reason why we are here yeah. so it just gives them that another way just to kind of 
get into the work. I love this idea. I, I do know uh, roughly about Hubble Koran, mm. and I think it's great work because it reminds me of what I used to be teaching my children when they were young. I remember doing, uh, uh, teaching them the Battle of Bather, and with Play-Doh, having all the wells and the mountains and then the armies coming in this way and that to teach them what it was about, mm. the, the battle itself. And you can make it fun. You can teach them the whole story and then you can depict it in a fun way, which they will remember. They will remember the story then because they can see it, visualize it as well and be involved in making things. So it covers their kinesthetic learners Absolutely. as well as the auditory and visual learners. So you're kind of covering all the learning styles of the pupils in one package there. So things like this, could that be like that model similar be rolled out uh, throughout Britain, do you think? Because I know we have a lot of madrasas with a lot of children going to madrasas. So could that possibly be rolled out or si something similar for, for uh, something similar to this? Yeah, I mean, the practical sort of, um, uh, you know, teaching methods like what you mentioned, I think mm -hmm. that's always that's always good. And it can, I think it can be implemented, but I think it depends on uh, those communities and those community leaders coming together and actually, you know, uh, knowing what's taking place in those madrasas. And also from from experience as well, as, as, uh, as a teacher, the problem that we used to get a lot was... Um, uh, sometimes children used to go to the madrasa and the parents didn't know what was going on in the madrasa. Mm. You know, so it was just a means of like, okay, we need to give our children Islamic education, mm. so let's just, you know, send them to the madrasa where they'll have mm. their Islamic education for, you know, one or two hours. And mm. that's our Islamic Tick education. The box, yeah, the, yeah, the box, the box do, is yeah. taken and that's mm. it, you know, for mm. th four or five mm. days mm. in the week. Mm. And that's not how it works because, mm. you know, the, the main teachers of the children or the parents mm -hmm. you know, and I always tell the parents this because if you're for example sitting at home and you know the time for salah comes and you stand up and pray mm -hmm. babies will, when they see you pray they'll stand up and they'll start praying next mm -hmm. to you even though they don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. they don't know what, what's going on they don't know what you're doing but they'll just start copying you because mm -hmm. that's, how, that's how children are they'll copy their parents well, and for children they'll think their parents are like you know they can never make any mistakes mm -hmm. you know or for example if you start reading Quran mm -hmm. in the home you know kids they'll Take, they'll, they'll take any book, they'll sit down next to you and they might be holding it upside down or something, mm -hmm. but they'll just read and they'll copy you, mm -hmm. you know. So education and Islamic education all comes from home. So when a person uh, sends their children thinking that their Islamic education is now done just because we're sending them, sending them to the madrasa, mm -hmm. that's really not, you know, the, the ideal way to, um, you know, to, to educate so the children. So how can we, we overcome that? Is there a way, is there already, like what schools have, open an evening, registration evening, bringing parents into the madrasa, getting parents in every month or every six weeks, every half term to meet the teacher, have a parent-teacher evening for, like what we, they do in school. Is there a way of yeah, doing I mean, that? Well, we used to do, do, do in, uh, well, in, when I used to teach in uh, the Green End Madrasa itself, uh, we never used to uh, uh, totally, you know, uh, get rid of the the parents there was always this connection with the parents so we used to have for example parents evening mm -hmm. where the parents used to come in and we used to discuss things with them mm -hmm. and um, you know I think generally just because sometimes what happens is the children are more practicing than the, than the parents wow. that's something you wow. get as well mm -hmm. so for example the parents you know they never had a you know strong solid Islamic education mm -hmm. so they want their children to be more educated mm -hmm. you know and so their children start learning and you know uh, studying about Islam and becoming better you know uh, Muslims and better members of the community and they basically you know supersede their, their parents with regards to Islamic education and with regards to Islamic knowledge mm -hmm. so it's about bringing the parents in not just for parents evening and just for madrasa uh, as it relates to uh, 
their children, mm-hmm. but bringing them in uh, as as Muslims, you know, uh, coming in to learn about Islam. So, for example, in any lectures that are taking place, any seminars, any Islamic courses that are taking place, the parents need to be there, not simply as just parents going there because of their children, but going there because they want to learn about Islam. Mm. Because if the par- if the children are learning, and then they see their parents not learning, you know, not practicing Islam in mm. their homes and you know in mm. in, 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 in other in other realms of you know interaction with with uh, with others, then they're gonna think, well, why am I? Taking the time out to, mm. to learn about Islam, and my own parents aren't, you know, mm. aren't practicing Islam, and aren't doing the things that I've been taught that we should do. So it's kind of like a kind of two-faced thing, you know. It's kind of you, you, mm. you're sending your kids to learn about Islam, but you're not doing anything um, yourself. Um, would that be, do you think, because of you know, you read the Quran is in Arabic, and some parents may not have the fluency in Arabic and feel shy that their children would know more about it or be able to read better than them, so they don't read or discuss Quran or, or their faith at home yeah but I mean I think that's, that should be an incentive mm. well not yeah. always indeed it may be um, maybe difficult when you see your children grow up as a convert myself mm. and have uh, still um, struggle reading Quran very yeah. much so and my children have bypassed me many years ago and mm. they correct me quite a lot I knew I couldn't do it and I would when they were going to Madras I would send them to somebody else to do their homework with them because yeah. my level was um, was minimal or they outpassed my level mm. um, and my husband was busy although he was there and he was always around and able to help but there was somebody else that could always fill in that because they had exams they were progressing to, to get yeah. their, their exams and they needed somebody to, to help them with their homework make sure that they were getting the right pronunciation mm. and I wanted to make sure that so for me I was very embarrassed. I wasn't the one that it was. And yes, as, as an incentive, it's, it's good. I know I need to practice more, but yeah. I'm quite busy in other things. And I, yes, inshallah, one day I will come back. And mm. I, I used to be better when they were very young. I used to be writing letters in Arabic and I used yeah. to be better. And I have forgotten a lot of it because of not practicing or speaking Arabic over mm. the years. But it was a kind of a... I wouldn't come forward. I wouldn't come forward and sit down beside him and say, okay, what is your homework now? Mm. So I felt embarrassed about this. So maybe there's a lot of parents out there that feel embarrassed and just don't mm. want to be. I, I, th- I, think, I, I think it's, it's an interesting point that you touched upon. Um, you mentioned that uh, a lot of the, well, not a lot, but some parents have didn't necessarily have that Islamic knowledge and so want the best for their children mm-hmm. and want them to have this connection, you know, especially because a lot of the children are born and bred in, in, in Birmingham, in England, in mm-hmm. the West and so on. And so they send them to, to the madrasa and, uh, you know, when they're, when they're not necessarily practicing themselves. But I think, I think children are a bit more, you know, they, they are sponges. So one thing that I find is that even though, I mean, you know, parents at home won't necessarily sit there and, and, and teach them maths or, or, or English and all the rest of it. But there's, an, there's this intrinsic thing within most children that want to learn and want to possibly practice what they've learned. So even if the, even if the parent isn't necessarily practicing, I think if they are taught in a, in, a, in a good fashion, in an enjoyable sort of style at madrasas, I think that child will still go home and have that thing in them to say, look, I'm I'm still going to keep up with this, even though there isn't that outward motivation maybe mm. coming from their parents. And I think if if some styles of teaching were were to be different, were different, I think they would still take away 
lessons. I mean, I know with with um, Tajweed and things like that, it, it has to be wrote and, and all the rest of it. And I think it's a nice mix. But when everything is wrote or everything is just sort of, right, I'm the teacher, you listen to me and, mm. and there's not much sort of two-way conversation, there isn't that feedback, it then becomes all sort of same. Mm-hmm. It becomes like this blanket thing where you just, you're the receiver of the information, you're mm. just sitting there and you're yeah. just taking it in. Do you see what I mean? But in other lessons, in say for example Islam, uh, Islamic studies, there should, there should be this encouragement of, you know, well, talk to me about it. Well, how do you think mm-hmm. the Sahaba might have felt when they were taking part in this in this battle of Badr, mm-hmm. just what I mean, nobody mm. nobody does it like that. Unfortunately, it's just right. This is what happened. Um, this is how many people there were. Mm. This is you know. Uh, facts. Ha- ha- it's just facts, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Th- th- that that emotion, that mm. different kind of way of getting into a topic, mm-hmm. is taken out. Mm-hmm. And I think if that was changed, on top of your classical road style thing, mm-hmm. they have th- they'd have this nice mix, Definitely and th- and they would then incorporate it when they yeah. got when they yeah. get home. Mm. It, despite the parent not mm. necessarily being, mm. you know, practicing, but uh, it doesn't seem to happen. Uh, but it, it is changing. I think. It I think. Changing. I think people Good are. Good to hear. It is changing. You know, it, it yeah. is trying to get that balance, isn't there? In it there, is. where, where mm. can we get that balance and on get, uh, uh, the values that we have, the Islamic values, to for children to understand those values and yeah. be able to practice them rather than just learning facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny. What uh, it's interesting. What the brother was mentioning uh, with regards to interacting with them. Because um, uh, there are uh, like uh, stories mentioned in the Quran where, uh, you know, for example, Ibrahim salam, you know, when he mm-hmm. was when he had the dream where he was told to talk to his own son, mm-hmm. which was an obligation from Allah, mm-hmm. like he was something he had to do. Mm-hmm. But even then, he goes to Ismail and he tells him, "This is I had a dream, you know, that I was slaughtering you. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. So even when it came to something which was an obligation, mm-hmm. he will still talking to his own son and discussing mm-hmm. it with him yeah. you know which shows us that it's from Islam that you need to you know I, I used to always say students kids are just young people mm-hmm. you know they're just, they're just, they're just young, young adults basically like you just the way you talk to them may be slightly different with regards to the words you use but mm-hmm. you, uh, you know I, I always always felt it was better and you, you got through to them um, you know uh, better when you were basically uh, you know uh, more uh, simpler with them Brilliant. We're going to return to this subject after the break, inshallah.